This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. We are in Genesis chapter 5, and it is the genealogy. We're going to run across two, really three, the three main characters, in my opinion, of this chapter in in this Bible study, and they're all important. That one of them is important just because of a number, but they're all important, and one of, and one of them is important just because of one sentence. But uh, that one sentence makes him very famous, and it puts him in it puts him in the same category as Elijah. It says that Jared lived one hundred and sixty two years and begot Enoch. After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. It says Jared was the father of Enoch. Now, it says that Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah, two very interesting characters in the Bible. Enoch was the father of Methuselah. Now, it says, after he begat Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years, and he had sons and daughters. Notice all the other people in this chapter, when it says that they lived a certain number of years, and then they begot a son, the next verse says, after that, after they begot that son, they lived so many years. But it doesn't say that about Enoch. What it says about Enoch is that after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. He walked with God. All right. Now that's important. It's important as a transition because the only people who had walked with God up to this point or who had had intimate relationship or who had figured out how to have a close personal relationship with God, the only people who had done that up to this point were Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that they walked with Jehovah God or the Lord God or Jesus is the pre-incarnate Christ. They walked with the pre-incarnate Christ in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the evening, which means they had regular fellowship, a regular time to walk with God and fellowship with God and to walk through life. I want you to notice that, that the phrase is they walked with God. And what that means is that means a couple of things. First of all, that means that they talked and they had relationship. I had the chance yesterday to go see and get appointed to represent children and, and be their guardian ad litem in court cases and deal with the issues that they may have as far as their family and maybe their parents are incapable of taking care of them. They don't have family members that can or or they may be in a situation where where something bad has happened. And for a time and a season, we've got to place them in another place. And I get the opportunity to be guardian ad litem for a lot of children like that. But the cool opportunity for me is oftentimes I get appointed as guardian ad litem for teenagers. 
especially middle and older teenagers. For teenagers 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you say 18-year-old's not really a teenager, and you're right. They should be treated as adults. They should be expected to act as adults. And the expectation of adulthood should be given to them so that they can flourish and learn how to be an adult. But I just had the opportunity to be with a teenager yesterday. He was not yet quite yet driving, but he was definitely in the maturity level of what I would call a young man, very much able to speak for his own, very much able to express his own thoughts and desires, and very much on the path to being a man, a mature adult. And I got the chance to talk with him about the situation that caused the court case to come about. And because usually I want to talk with them a little bit alone, we'll either go outside and stand by my truck or we'll do something so that I can make sure that they are free to to tell me everything that's on their heart about something. This young man, when he, I said, you want to go outside and, and talk, he just started walking down the road and he's an athlete. And, and he was walking me into the ground. I, I'm not going to lie to you. He was getting it. That boy had meant business. He was fired up about what he was doing. He was fired up about telling me what was going on. And he got to walking. And I was I had a good exercise yesterday trying to keep up with him. But uh, as I was doing that, I realized that's walking with God. It's, it's the idea of expressing yourself, telling what you're doing and walking through life. And that's what kind of what he was doing. He was he was fired up about what he was doing. And so he was moving fast. And I, I was just trying to keep up and ask questions and try to figure out where his heart was on, on, the, on all the issues. And that's what we do when we walk with God. That's, that's what we do when we walk with God. We walk through life. We're not stagnant. We're moving. Life is always moving. Life is headed in a direction. And, and our relationship with God is not a static relationship. It's not a it's not a relationship that that is in any way stale or stagnant. It is alive and real. And God is not in not desirous of you just giving him a moment during your day. God is desirous of you of joining you in your day. I think it's very interesting that Enoch walked with God and that it says that he walked with God. What's also interesting about this is the two people who had walked with God before in in the in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Adam was not dead yet when Methuselah was born. In fact, if you do the math, Adam was 640 years old. And Adam, if you go all the way back up to to the top, to the top, it says so all the day in verse five, so all the days of Adam's Adam lived were 930 years. And so uh, when we get down to Enoch, Enoch walked with God all the days of Adam's life and then lived 10 years after Adam. And then it says, so all the days of Enoch's life were 365 years. And then Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. So what happened? What happened was is that what happened is that Enoch um, Enoch lived seventy five years past his great grandfather Adam. He knew Adam, and I wonder, and there's good chance of it. I wonder if he talked with Adam about walking with God, and determined in his heart that he would seek out God himself, and that he would have a personal relationship with God after he knew learned how Adam had a personal relationship with God. We do know that the line of Seth chased after God and that people began to worship the Lord on their own. They began to actually, in their own will, by their own way, decide that they were going to worship God. Now, we all know that God initiated that worship, initiated that relationship, because we don't come to him on our own. 
But we do know that the line of Seth was a line of men and women who knew God and who walked with God. Enoch was quite clearly the high end of that group of people. He was the exception to the positive. He was walking with God every day. He spent his day in a relationship with God. He spent his day searching out what purpose and will he had uh, with the Father. And, and so when we're reading this and we're seeing this, we see that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. I think that's neat. God decided that Enoch had lived long enough and God decided that he'd rather him be with him in perfect relationship and not limited in that Enoch's flesh was sinful and that his heart and mind uh, had the wickedness of sin in it. And so Enoch uh, was taken by God and, and went to be with God. Only two people in scripture are taught, taught, we're told, were taken by God before they actually had experienced what we call physical death, and that's Enoch and Elijah. And it says, so all the days of Enoch's life were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, and it was not, for God took him. It says in verse 25 that Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Laman. Now, you go, why is Methuselah so important? Because I mentioned it earlier that he was. Well, Methuselah is important mainly just because of a number. He's important because he's Enoch's son, but he lived a long life. In fact, uh, as far as the table of nations and the number of years lived, it says that after he begot Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. So as far as the table of, of nations, he's the longest living, he's the longest living, he's the longest living man in the chapter. He lived 969 years. His father, Enoch, don't know how long he would have lived because uh, he was no more. God took him. But uh, Methuselah lived a long time after that. I wonder if Methuselah's length of life was the most because he could tell the story of his father who walked with God and then was no more. Methuselah lived 969 years and then he died. Lamech lived, and Lamech was Methuselah's son. Lamech lived 182 years and he had a son. And his name, and he called his name Noah. And uh, now we get to really what is what is one of the main characters in, in, in the Bible uh, as far as the plan of God for the redemption of mankind, and and his name is Mo is Noah, and Noah literally means to rest, and I find that important because Noah did. If you just looked at Noah's life and you looked at how Noah lived his life, uh, you would say Noah didn't rest. Noah was busy, and he was. Noah built a giant ark, and uh, if you if you look at the dimensions of that ark, it was humongous. It was huge. It was over 300 feet long. It's the size of a of a, a small aircraft carrier, over 300 yards long, the size of a small aircraft carrier. And it is, it is a wonder of the ancient world. And in order to build that, you have to cut down a lot of trees and you have to spend a lot of time working. It can't be done just overnight. And it especially can't be done overnight by people who'd never built a boat before for that purpose. And I find it ironic that Noah's name is to rest. That's what it means. And so it says Lamech lived 182 years and he had a son and he called his name Noah. 
saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Notice, rest doesn't mean that you rest from your labors, you rest from what God has made you to do. The idea of rest for Noah was not the idea of rest in the sense that he didn't do anything. He just hung out on the back porch and uh, sipped lemonade and watched the sun come up and the sun go down. Rest for Noah was uh, uh, that he trusted God. God told him to do something that seemed seemed unimaginable. It seemed weird. It seemed like it's something that just really shouldn't be done. And Noah is a man of faith. He is he is the great grandson of Enoch who walked with God. And Moses and Noah was a man who heard God and who believed God. He heard God's message. He received it, he believed it, and he acted upon it. He heard it, he received it, he believed it, and he acted upon it. And when he heard it and received it and believed it and acted upon it, he entered God's rest. Because, by the way, that's what faith's all about. That's what uh, belief is all about. You hear what God says, you receive it into your heart, you trust in it, and then you act upon it. And that's where you find true rest. That's where you find peace. That's where you find comfort. That's where you find the kingdom of God at power in your life. See, when the kingdom of God's at work in my life, I'm at far less work and completing far more things. When the kingdom of God's at work in my life, I am accomplishing much with far less effort. In fact, when the kingdom of God's not at work in my life, I'm accomplishing very little with a lot of work and a lot of effort. But when the kingdom of God is ignited and then you say, what are you talking about? The kingdom of God being ignited it lives inside. It lives inside of you. And the way you tap into the spiritual power of resurrection, the kingdom of God inside of you is that you hear the word of God. You receive it, meaning you don't just hear it and let it wash over you like water on a duck's back. You hear it. And then you receive it, meaning you it, it changes you, it turns you, it, it causes you to pause, it stops you. It's the idea of repentance. It's the idea of turning from what I'm doing and hearing God and receiving it. And then what do you do? You believe upon it, you trust it, you act upon it. And then that action begin, be, is born of that faith and that action is power-filled and it is, is kingdom-filled. And when that action comes about, it pleases God and it ignites the kingdom of God around you. And Noah was a man of rest because he rested in God's revelation to him. He rested in God's peace. And that rest comforts you. And notice, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands. Notice, that rest comforts me in the middle of the toil of living the life that we live. Oftentimes, people say, I just want some peace. I want some comfort. I want my life to I want my life not to be in turmoil all the time. Let me say this. The curse of Adam in the Garden of Eden almost guarantees that turmoil is going to be going on around you all the time. It's going to be going on around you endlessly and forever. And you say, well, if I had enough money, I could not worry. That's not true. The people who commit suicide the most are the more wealthy of among us. Have you ever noticed it's rare that a very poor person commits suicide? It's most of the time somebody who's rich or somebody who's chasing after wealth and the things of this world. It's usually not someone who, who has nothing. It's most of the time someone who has almost too much or in the sense of too much, they've built a kingdom for themselves and that kingdom seems to be crumbling around them. Notice 
that that when we're dealing with our lives and what's going on around us, there's turmoil all the time. But when you allow the kingdom of God to have its full effect on the world you live in, then that kingdom is changing things. The power of the Holy Spirit is that work around you. The purpose of God is being fulfilled in your life. And when that happens, you overcome the turmoil that's around you. You overcome the troubles that are so prevalent in our lives around us. And you are the agent of change that takes place. But the way that happens is I hear the word of God. I walk with God as Enoch did. I walk with God. I hear him. I hear his message to me. I believe. I trust upon that message. And then I act upon it. I act as if it's true and real. And when I do all those things, when I do all those things, I have what is Noah's name. I have rest. I rest in the middle of the storm. That's how Jesus slept in the back of the boat when the storm was raging all around him. And the disciples were worried about drowning out there in the boat. The reason Jesus wasn't drowned is because the Lord God, Father God, had told Jesus to get in the boat and go to the other side. If the Heavenly Father purpose for Jesus was for him to die on the cross for the sins of the whole world, and then he told them to get in the boat and go to the other side, he wasn't going to die in the middle of the lake and not fulfill his purpose. He was going to make it to the other side. So there's no use in worrying about the storm that was going on around him. Might as well take a break and rest while the boat's getting to the other side. Now, the disciples weren't, the disciples weren't believing in that. Uh, the disciples weren't uh, hearing that. Why? Because their focus was on the things of this world and not walking with God. And, and so when, when the disciples saw the storm, their focus became on the things of this world. Let me tell you something. If God's given you a message because you walk with him each and every day, if God's given you revelation, if God's telling you the things he wants and he sees in your life, then you can trust those things and you can expect those things to be alive and real for you each and every day. And if you hear God's word, his revelation, you receive it, meaning you actually take it in as reality and truth. And then you believe upon it, you act upon it. You can have what Noah had in the middle of his life. You can have rest in the midst of the curse of the sins of this world. And so he says, and so he says, it says, this one will comfort us concerning the work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. And after he begat Noah, Lamech lived 500 years, 595 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech's life were 770 years, and he died. Verse 32 says, And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And those characters right there carry us into chapter 6. And uh, one of the greatest stories of the Bible, one of the important stories of the Bible to understand what's going on around us today and one of the important stories of the Bible is to see that God is always at work bringing about his purposes, no matter what the enemy's doing. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.